What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Concept for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. And I've been waiting to do this episode for probably five months now. I first saw the movie that we're going to be talking about today in March at the Sundance Film Festival. It was my favorite movie at that festival. And I really just, I've been waiting for it to, to, to come out ever since then. Uh, it's called Coda, and I think you guys are going to love it. Uh, it's, it's the best movie of, the, of 2021 so far, uh, with some caveats that we'll touch on. But um, yeah, this movie is, is great. I really loved it. I think you guys are going to like it as well. So we're, we're hitting on that. We also have a new movie out on HBO Max. And no, it's not the Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh, as well as some great streaming suggestions for your weekend as always you know how we do it something new something old something stream um but guys yeah it's it's definitely getting to that time where there's a couple releases every week that i feel like would be fun to talk to and i I know i've been super busy so i haven't been able to see as many movies as i normally do but um could not be more excited to tell you guys about coda so let's jump into it let's get the technicalities out of the way right off the top Coda is the best movie of the year so far. I stand by that. But under the stipulation that we don't count the movies that just competed in the 2020 award season, which is kind of dumb uh, because I first saw Judas and the Black Messiah, for example, at the virtual Sundance Film Festival in March, the same weekend I saw Coda. So on my personal 2021 rankings list, which goes by the calendar year, I do have Promising Young Woman and Judas ahead of it. And one could easily make an argument for Nomadland or The Father in any order for the top five. But now you know the rarefied air that this movie occupies. Coda was my favorite movie at Sundance and went on to sweep pretty much every award there was that it was eligible for. The Audience Award, the Grand Jury Prize, plus the more important prize of a $25 million check from Apple for distribution. Folks, Apple TV Plus is up to something. Ted Lasso is a massive hit, so much so that when I made a jokingly disparaging comment about it this week on Twitter, I got assaulted with a whole wave of backlash. (laughs) Apple has Boy State, which was my number one movie of last year. I've really enjoyed Mythic Quest. Like three different people have told me I have to watch For All Mankind. They have The Morning Show, the upcoming Jon Stewart show, and they're getting the streaming rights to Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth, starring Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. Basically, they're becoming the tastemaker boutique streamer that Amazon tried so desperately to be until they gave up and started dropping hundreds of millions of dollars on Lord of the Rings and MGM Studios. But enough industry mumbo-jumbo. Let's talk about why you simply cannot miss this movie when it drops on the service Friday. If you're reading this, it's available. CODA is an acronym for Child of Deaf Adult. And this story centers around a 17-year-old girl who can perfectly hear, but whose father, mother, and brother are all deaf. In a beautiful stroke of narrative complication, our young heroine loves to sing and has the talent to attract a possible music scholarship to an arts college. Complicating matters further is the family business, which is operating a fishing boat off the coast of Massachusetts, a system they cannot possibly maintain without the help of someone who can hear. That's the sort of premise that you can just wind up and let go. It's a coming-of-age movie, a young romance movie, a family drama, a music movie, and a legitimate tearjerker, all wrapped into one well-crafted package. 
I was blown away by the authenticity and empathy in the film. The deaf characters are all played by deaf actors, and the movie approaches the deaf community not as a disability, but as a worthy subculture. Lead actress Amelia Jones is set in a Sundance Q&A. She learned ASL, which is American Sign Language, singing, fishing, and boat handling for the film, all while putting on one of the best performances I've seen from a young actor in a long time. She's only 19, but she's charming and talented and takes her work seriously, and I'm letting you know right now that Amelia Jones is going to be a massive star. The production quality here is modest, as was the budget, but the movie gets a lot of mileage out of pointing the camera in directions it doesn't go for many movies. Fishing docks, lower middle class houses, deaf communities, backwoods, and the best compliment I can give it is that the production supports and at times even elevates the remarkable storytelling. The use of sound to alternate points of view between deaf and hearing characters, a technique that proved fruitful in Sound of Metal, is played for maximum emotional impact here. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll feel like part of the family by the end. Coming out of Sundance, all the high-minded, heartless, fuddy-duddies critique this movie for being too sappy or saccharine. And me, secretly envious of said fuddy-duddies, was willing to accept that I may have been swept up in the warm and fuzzies. But in the five months since Sundance, this movie has only grown in my estimation. And when I watched the trailer before writing this newsletter, before reading this podcast, to refresh myself... My heart was fluttering and my eyes were moist once again. So I guess what I'm saying is that if you have a heart, you're going to love this movie. If you've been on the fence about subscribing to Apple TV+, Plus, now is the time. And I cannot wait to watch Coda again this weekend. All right, guys. Every week I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week's something new is on HBO Max, and it's called All My Life. Now, I promise. I tried. I logged on to HBO Max this week to watch The Suicide Squad because I felt like I had to have an opinion on the latest comic book brand maintenance exercise. But director James Gunn's comments on Martin Scorsese had me still so angry that I practiced some self-care and used those 132 minutes doing something I wouldn't actively hate. Once I saw this movie was positioned in the adjacent box on the service's new release scroll. This movie, All My Life, is basically a Nicholas Sparks-style weepy romantic comedy with one key difference. And that difference is the primary reason this movie exists and the reason why it's not a great or even particularly good movie. It's a true story. Now, similar to my usual complaint about Rockstar biopics, this movie is a slave to reverence towards its source material. Except in this case, that reverence is much more understandable than, say, protecting Freddie Mercury's hedonism. <coughs> cough, cough. Every character is essentially a perfect person. No flaws. And all the conflict comes externally from factors beyond the character's control. That just makes everything less interesting. This movie is also a great example of what a budget does for a movie. Every aspect of production is competent, but looks cheap. And everyone knows that the most important part of a rom-com is the casting of romantic leads. Lead actor Harry Shum Jr. is handsome, but really just can't pull off complex emotional territory needed here. And Jessica Roth, who I loved in La La Land briefly and Happy Death Day, and I think is really talented, is, from a movie star standpoint, basically just a discount Zoe Deutsch, who is basically just a discount Emma Stone. 
there are levels to this. And this movie is a basement dwellers version of a potentially lovable rom-com. But still better than Suicide Squad. Something old this week. I had to do it. It's kind of another obvious pick, but it's from 1989. It's streaming on Peacock, and it's Field of Dreams. Yes, <laughs> you've probably seen Field of Dreams. I hope you've seen Field of Dreams. But on Thursday, if you didn't see it, the White Sox and the Yankees played an actual MLB baseball game at a field built into a cornfield in Iowa, just down the road from the filming location of this Kevin Costner classic. Now, I'm hoping and I'm assuming that you've seen it before, in the lead-up to the baseball game, clips of this movie have been circulating everywhere I look. And as long as we're talking about CODA and movies that are over-the-top sentimental in a way that you just simply cannot resist, we have to honor probably the greatest example of that of all time. Plus, it's a movie that you could rewatch 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times, and enjoy and probably tear up every single time. After watching the baseball game, Thursday night, which ended in a walk-off home run into the cornfield. It reminded me of another, much better sports movie, Moneyball, when Brad Pitt's character says, man, how can you not be romantic about baseball? And as long as we're talking about Field of Dreams, here's a fun fact. Did you know that a teenager named Matt Damon was an uncredited background fan during the Fenway Park scene? I bet you didn't know that. So there you go. You thought Field of Dreams was an obvious pick. There's a fun fact you didn't know. Matt Damon, teenage Matt Damon, was a background extra in the Fenway Park scene. And finally, something to stream this week. It's on Netflix. It's a documentary, and it's called Untold Malice in the Palace. The 2004 brawl between the Indiana Pacers and NBA fans in Detroit has long been the juiciest story for a sports documentary, and now it's here. With a tidy recap of the pressure cooker that led to the explosive events and some never-before-seen footage of the riot-like chaos that was going on in the arena as the brawl unfolded. But this documentary is just as interested in the larger cultural discussion of racism that took place after the brawl, when nearly every prominent media personality immediately and entirely blame the events on quote thugs or quote thug mentality of Pacers players and more broadly NBA players at the time. It's a fascinating hour of documentary, even if it begins to expose itself in the final minutes as less of a societal critique and more of a personal revenge play from Jermaine O'Neal, who produced the documentary and inserts himself as the primary victim of the unfair treatment that angle is harder for me to accept, considering he made over $167 million during his 19-year NBA career. That's going to do it for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you see Coda. Uh, I really do. Uh, I Like I said, I, I love sharing movies with you guys when i love them and i know you guys are gonna love them so if you see coda this week please get in touch with me at mr matt craig on twitter or through my newsletter at mattcraig.substack.com and let me know what you think uh let me know if it is too i don't know cheesy <laughs> and i'm just an absolute sap or whether this movie uh, really connects with you and has you crying 
I want to hear from you either way. So uh, get in touch with me on that. Um, next week, man, there's a whole cluster of movies coming out this week, and I'm not super excited about any of them. Uh, Free Guy. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do that one. Don't Breathe 2. I like Don't Breathe 1 a lot. I doubt that the sequel isn't going to be nearly as good, but that's out there. Um, there's also a Ted Bundy movie coming out starring Elijah Wood uh, called Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman. So I don't know. I don't know what we're going to be touching. I still haven't seen Stillwater, the Matt Damon movie. I actually think that I would really like that one. So if I can find that one in theaters, probably probably do that. But um, yeah, guys, uh, I, I appreciate you guys listening. I love hearing from you. So get in touch with me. What movies you've been watching, what movies I should be watching, um, what you think of the newsletter, what you think of the podcast, what can be improved. Uh, would love to hear from you guys. So until next week, next Friday morning, I guess I'll see you at the movies.